Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So today we come to the end of our wilderness series, and we end it by exploring Psalm 51, a psalm that is, that is familiar to many of us. In this psalm, King David expresses great remorse and sadness for having done wrong, for having sinned most grievously. In the psalm, as we read it, we see an example of true repentance. We see the importance of coming to God when we fail, and we see the importance of realizing that when we come, when we fall short, our relationship with God is strained. And it is when we confess, when we are forgiven, that our relationship is restored and our inner spirit is healed and transformed. So let's begin by putting the psalm into context. For those of you in life groups, hopefully you will get a chance to get into the nitty-gritty details of the narrative, but let me give you the key points. The author is King David. King David is a man of God. King David is probably the greatest king that Israel would ever have. From the early days as a young shepherd boy, there was no doubt that David loved God. David loved God with his whole heart. And many biblical scholars will say King David was a man after God's own heart. He was a man who knew God, who walked with God, who loved God, and who was incredibly blessed by God. One day, the prophet Nathan came to him with what I believe is a God-inspired story or parable. For the details, check 2 Samuel 12. But suffice to say, the parable revealed to David a litany of sins that he had committed. He had lusted and coveted another man's wife. This led to adultery and finally murder. If you get a chance sometime this week to read the narrative in 2 Samuel 11, Take note of how easy it was for a man of God, a man who knew God, to fall into sin. And it is a good reminder to all of us how easily one sin can lead to another, and another, and another. Two weeks ago, David spoke to us about the Ten Commandments. And I just want to remind everyone that the commandments were a gift for the people wandering in the wilderness. They were instructions on how one should live. They were given to the Israelites as a gift by God, the God who created them, the God who knew them. Basically, God was saying, if you follow my commands, if you follow my instructions, you will experience life in its fullness. You will experience life as it was meant to be. These commands were given so that the Israelites would know how to live in a right relationship with God and a right relationship with others. When they ignored God's commands and God's instructions, when they went their own way, they realized that their relationship with God was strained and in some ways very broken 
as was their relationships with others. For those of you who are familiar with the biblical accounts of the kings of Israel, you will remember King Saul, King David, and King Solomon. They were all great kings. They were all kings that were anointed by God. They were all blessed by God. They all experienced great power and might through the Spirit of God. And they were triumphant in battle. And they did further the kingdom of Israel. But each man fell into sin. Each man at some point in his life walked away from God's commands, walked away from God's call. And that's where the similarity ends. The difference between the men was how they reacted to their sin. While Saul and Solomon ignored God's call to return to him and his ways, it was David who fell on his face before God, confessing his sin and asking for God's mercy and forgiveness. We can learn much about confession from David's psalm. Verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgression. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. David knew God. He knew God's character. He knew God's heart. He knew God's compassion. He knew God's love for him. Richard Foster, in his book, Celebration of Discipline, says, At the heart of God is a desire to give and to forgive. It was this love, not anger, that brought Jesus to the cross. David knew that this God that he was going to confess to loved him. He knew that there was no end to God's love. I say this because as Christians, sometimes we forget this very critical truth. We go our own way. We follow the devices and desires of our own heart, sometimes blatantly ignoring God's call, sometimes blissfully ignorant. Then at some point, we become aware of our sin, of our failing, and we let it drag us down. And we hear the enemy in the background saying, you are sinful. You can't follow God's commands. You are wretched. You are unworthy of coming into the presence of God. There is no way God is going to welcome you. So, we don't come to God. We feel ashamed. We fear his wrath. And we carry around our sin. And we feel defeated. And we wonder, why don't we feel that joy of the Lord? Yet the truth is this. Yes, you are a sinner. Yes, you aren't perfect. Yes, you might be wretched. But you are still loved. And thanks to the cross, you are always, regardless of the sin, welcomed into the presence of God. When we confess our sins and our failings, we need to come as David did, knowing this fact, 
knowing that the one we are coming into the presence of is like the father of the prodigal, who when seeing his son from a far distance, runs towards him and embraces him. When we come to our senses, when we acknowledge our failings, when we turn to the Father, God's greatest delight is to welcome us back. Verse 3, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. David knew how important it was to acknowledge his sin before God. He wanted to be in a right relationship with God, so he had to come clean. He couldn't ignore his sin. He couldn't sugarcoat his sin. He couldn't make excuses for his sin. No matter how humiliating, no matter how bad the sin, David realized he had to bring it to light and lay it before God. Many of us throughout our lives become aware of our sin, become aware of our failings through the work of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe when we read a passage of scripture, or maybe when we sing a worship song, or we listen to Christian music. It might be when we speak to a trusted friend, or a brother and sister in Christ. Or it may be when we are examining our conscience, spending time with God, and asking him, how do we fail? Where do we need to ask for forgiveness? Once you become aware of these areas, no matter how God reveals them to you, deal with them right then and right there. We do not need to carry our sin around for days, for weeks, for months, waiting for the right time to confess. God is always waiting. God is always ready to welcome us. We do not need to pile them up and unload them once a year, just before Easter or just before Christmas. Don't let your sins and failings drag you down. Don't let your sins and failings rob you of your relationship with God. Verse 7, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. In 1 John, we are reminded, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all, all unrighteousness. As we confess our sins before God, he does welcome us. He does forgive us. He does cleanse us. He does restore us. He transforms us. He creates in us a new and contrite heart and renews our spirit. Confession is not just psychologically therapeutic. 
It is much more thanks to the cross. It's a means of healing and transformation. As we confess our sins, our failings, our weaknesses before God, we experience the forgiving grace of God made possible by the cross. Confession and forgiveness are realities that transform us. In the process, we are healed, we are restored, we are made new. As we accept God's forgiveness and leave our sins at the feet of Jesus, we acknowledge once and for all the victory over sin and death that was accomplished at the cross. Just a couple of comments before I close about confession. We know that there is one mediator between God and us, and that is Jesus Christ. We can confess our sins before God privately, and he will forgive us. Period. Period. No matter what the sin. If we confess our sins before God, he will forgive us. Period. No ifs, no ands, no buts. We do not need to confess our sins before a priest, before a pastor, before a brother and sister in Christ. However, James admits in chapter 5, verse 16, that there are times when it is good to confess our sins to another and pray for one another. I remember talking to a priest when I was at a training event. And I asked him, do you think it's important for every Christian, at least once in their life, to experience the sacrament of confession, to go to a priest to confess their sins? And I clearly remember him saying this. Some will, some will not, some should. Forgiveness is not dependent on whether we confess to someone else as well as God. But sometimes having someone else tangibly say you are forgiven helps. I like the expression, sometimes we just need Jesus with skin on. As Richard Foster says, it is through the voice of our brothers and sisters that the word of forgiveness is heard and takes root in our lives. Please remember that David is more than willing to meet with anyone who would like to meet with him. This can be by phone, this can be on Zoom, this can be in person, of course with proper COVID protocols. There is a wonderful liturgy in the Anglican Book of Alternative Services that you can use. Now some of you may be wondering, so should I talk to David? Well, ask yourself these questions. When you confess your sins to God, do you know you're forgiven? Do you experience a lightness and a sense of freedom and joy? Can you leave your confessed sin with God and move forward? If you can, you could confess your sins to a brother and sister in Christ, but probably don't need to. However, if you can't move forward, if you find that even though you confessed your sin before God, you seem to be bringing that same sin to him week after week after week, then I say consider 
giving David a text or a call or an email. Psalm 51 reminds us of our need to recognize and confess our failings. Confession and forgiveness are the realities that transform us. When we sin, when we fall short of the glory of God, when we go our own way, our relationship to God is strained. As we confess and as we are forgiven, our relationship with God is restored and our inner spirit is healed and transformed. As you and I contemplate confession, we must always remember that at the heart of God is the desire to forgive. It was this desire born out of God's great compassion that brought Jesus to the cross. Let us pray. Holy God, may we, like King David, be men and women after your own heart. May we know the depths of your compassion and mercy and love. Show us the areas in our lives that need your forgiveness, that need your healing, that need your transformation. Help us to have the courage and desire to lay our sins, our weaknesses, and our failings before you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.